0: hello and welcome to permission to be i'm your host becca epley joined as always by my co-host david roberts permission to be exists to be a space of hope for those journeying to find their true authentic selves we hope that the story shared here will inspire you on your own journey and help you unlock the permission to be who you have always truly been and welcome to permission to be today we are so excited to have with us kevin garcia they are a speaker podcaster author grad student and so much more kevin thank you so much for being with us today
1: hello i'm glad to be here i'm excited to giggle and uh (laughs) kiki and spill some tea and um yeah i think it's gonna be a good time thanks for having me
0: Uh Uh-huh. Also joining us today is my good friend and David's good friend, Tommy. All good. And Tommy, thank you for joining us as well.
2: Well, Thank you for having me. It's going to be amazing.
0: So, Kevin, the way we usually kick off the Permission to Be podcast is by asking this question. If when let's say when let's project this positivity i just really want to
1: like i want to manifest that so we gotta like have Mm -hmm. this like it's
0: Mm -hmm. gonna Mm -hmm. happen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when your life rights all the producers are fighting over to not life rights but
3: the rights to a biopic no they call (laughs) it life rights oh dear god
0: (laughs) Oh, but what, so about though, you know? <laughs> right. what about my last rights,
3: though? You know,
1: what about my last rights? That's what I—that's what I want to sign over to somebody. <laughs> the sweet release of death. That's what I'm concerned about.
0: <laughs> so, in all of that—if it's an HBO miniseries, if it's the Sundance Film Festival, or all of the above who or whom or multiple people would you like to play you
1: okay i think i would want to do an hbo mini series because like um i would want to play up some i would just want to really play up the drama and by that i mean like i wanted to be one of these series where it's just like it's like a very simple storyline told really really well Um, so, you know, 10 episodes, maybe, maybe eight around Mm -hmm. that. But Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I want it to be so good that people are going to be mad that there's not a Mm -hmm. second season. Mm Um, um, but who plays me? I think I love John Krasinski so much. And I feel like, I mean, he's very hunky now (laughs) that he has that beard and he's been in those military films and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, has kind of generally glowed up. Mm.
4: And, um,
1: as someone who is also trying to glow up, I feel like that'd be good. And I I think we've got like similar body build. So it would be interesting. However, uh, (sighs) Now I'm thinking I'm just like, wait, I don't want a straight person to play me. So I'm just trying to rethink
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I, see, I, was just, I was just going off of like pure aesthetics for a second. I was like, oh my God. John Krasinski's so hot. I, I mean, I've been in love with him since like Jim and Pam. So oh. Um Who Okay, so who who's on the scene? Who's like a I don't know. Um You know, it would be really cool to Oh shit. I I don't even know now just maybe, uh maybe holy, oh oh shoot yes absolutely if i didn't know it was an option if that was an option i definitely want to play myself because i'm making more money that way for sure
4: yeah
2: yes. i was like, he's like billy porter. i want billy porter i want him so bad <laughs>
1: oh billy porter what a artist oh,
2: yes yes i have my straight people but like, like no <laughs> we are not yeah, so, worthy of him And Ava, Div, uh, Ava DuVernay needs to direct Whatever it is right Because like
1: <laughs> Ooh. I Okay so if someone was directing mine I actually would have my friend um, Nikki probably um, Direct it My friend Nikki she's a, a video producer In California She just has really really good taste And mm. she's also a queer Christian So like she gets the storyline uh, Yeah, the story line, yeah. Um, yeah and so I feel like she'd be able to kind of pull the most out of it and, like, be to a broader audience especially. Mm, So, yeah, mm. played by me, directed by my friend Nikki, HBO miniseries that eventually goes to Netflix because, (laughs) honestly, you know, what isn't going to be there eventually?
4: Mm
2: -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Netflix takes over the world.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's – honestly, it's, like – What I mean, I have an Alexa little dot over there, Mm. and I'm pretty sure that it's like the future Skynet, like Mm -hmm. always listening, always Mm -hmm. just like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, if we want to kill Kevin, we know exactly what to do. (laughs) But also, just like I, I also like put my whole life online, so it's like you could probably just find me in public. Okay, that got dark. I should stop.
4: (laughs) I was
2: thinking about that the other day. I was like, you know what? Like it's really hard to do a crime these days just because there's... Like, our phones are little tattletale pieces of shit.
4: (laughs) Just Mm -hmm. so much
2: data that it collects, and then, like, Mm -hmm. I definitely will only give Facebook all my shit, and I'm just like, here, here's Mm -hmm. my life. Take it. Use what you want.
1: I mean, it's one of those things where, like, it's a good and a bad thing, because on on the one hand, like, I make my money through the internet, so Mm -hmm. it's, like a really fantastic tool for that. And it's also a fantastic tool for like reaching people, you know, getting people who don't have community into community. And then at the same time, uh, it's, it also like dehumanizes people in so way, in so many ways, Mm -hmm. because, um, even though like our, our brain can't tell the difference between digital spaces and physical spaces. So that's why like stress and trauma can still happen in digital spaces. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the reason that it happens more often in digital spaces is because there's the lack of the human component, I think. Like the actual
4: mm-hmm.
1: you know, mm-hmm. word made yeah. flesh. Yeah. And yeah. once you're like once you remember that everybody's the same same goop you are, like listen, <laughs> you can't talk shit to them <laughs> yeah. after that. Yeah.
0: Right. Right.
1: Unless you can, you know. Well <laughs> you can, you're not, not okay, let me say don't talk shit to them. But like yeah. It's one of those things where I don't talk shit talk to shit people. With them. Uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> talk shit with them,
1: yes. But I don't talk shit to people, only with.
0: Yes, yeah. Okay, different. I
1: don't know how that tangent <laughs> got there, but...
2: Welcome to every conversation we have ever.
0: <laughs> um, so along that route of um, being with people in person and um just kind of going down that path, um, can you talk a little bit about um, what drew you to go to seminary?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I knew that I wanted to be a pastor since I was like nine years old, which is when I got baptized. And it's, it's, I know that's like strange to hear maybe that like a nine year old, like knew that he wanted to like talk in front of people. Um, cause I, I always had this like very close sense of, of spirit. Like I've always had this, like, I don't know. It's, it's never, I've never had to worry about like what God thinks about me, if that makes Mm. sense. I'm never really worried about that. So um, even throughout my struggling with like, you know, reconciling faith and sexuality and gender and and stuff, I always had this sense that God loved me.
4: Mm. And that
1: I was like, I was still like, even though I'm a sinner, God loves me, blah, 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 blah. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: Um, It was really a sense of just, I didn't like myself a lot. Um, And I didn't think I could do things. I thought that my sin was the thing that disqualified me from being a pastor so hmm. yeah and uh was like if sin was the thing that disqualifies us from being pastors then like everybody's out of a job <laughs> i guess
0: yes everybody seriously
1: yeah. <laughs> um oh so God. uh it was one of those things where a realizing that being queer wasn't a sin like was one one big uh mm-hmm. permission slip that came to me um And then it was just kind of like I everywhere I went and everything I did, no matter what I was doing, ended up being pastoral in some way. Hmm. Like just the way that I would talk to people, the way that I would share whatever wisdom I carried about something like like I'm not a very shallow person, to be honest, like I go deep in real quick yeah. Um, except for like in a pool in the summertime, because like you know, when it's hot outside and the water's like real cold, and that baptism point that happens like you know, halfway up your body, and you're just like, Oh my god. That's a, But you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, um, yes. That's the only time I don't go to the deep end because I'd rather just sit on the side of the pool and dip my toes in. That's what I meant to. Um, that's besides point. Anyways, I felt like. Um, when I finally came out to myself and came out to the world, I started writing and blogging, and then making a podcast, and then making a video, and then it just kind of occurred to me it was like, oh, I need to be the thing that I'm here to do. I need to be a pastor. I'm already doing that. Like, I and so, what do you do to be a pastor? You apparently go get an MDiv, um, which is what a lot of people did. And the thing about it is, I don't believe you necessarily need an MDiv to be a pastor so to speak mm. if you're a teaching pastor in a church in like an organization i definitely think that you need to have like you know organizational training pastoral care training yada 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 oh, yeah yeah because um, i i know plenty of people who don't have mdivs uh who are phenomenal pastors mm. um so i don't want to say that like a master's degree is a qualifier or a disqualifier um but i do think that it helps I think of mm. the, the amount of knowledge the, the thing I I knew was just like, I need to know what I don't know because mm. um, the Christian tradition is long and mm. we've not always thought like, like what I was mm-hmm. introduced to as a child. Uh, I have to remember that people have like all the things I think are crazy have probably already been said before in one form mm. or another. Um, and we're just literally trying to like rearrange language to say the things that we already know.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, anyways, I came, I, I decided to start into seminary because I just felt like I wanted to, I wanted an education. I wanted <laughs> to really like dive into the depths of like, why do I believe what I believe mm-hmm. and tell you what first semester crisis of faith, baby. It was wild. <laughs> um, you know, I, I came to a point where I was very certain for like a solid four months that I wasn't a Christian Mm. and I was like, I just don't believe that Jesus was divine. And what does that mean? And, but I still like, like the church, but like, I also hate organized religion. What do I do Mm -hmm. with that? Yeah. Um, So like I, I oscillated between like um, mystic Baptist, uh, Baptist Pentecostal atheist, Agnostic witchy woman all in a 30 minute period at uh, times.
4: Wow. You know?
1: Just like it just it just like it just kind of uh it was a lot to handle. And all of my mentors told me, Oh yeah, that's normal. I'm just like it's normal to like cry when you wake up because you don't know if you're connected to the universe because you don't know if the universe <laughs> actually cares about you. <laughs> you know? Or God or you know, whatever language you're like you. <laughs> so it uh so, yeah, to answer the original question, I started seminary because I wanted to. I wanted the education. Like, I wanted to, like, know what it was going to be like to start um, crafting ministry the way I wanted to. And honestly, mm. um, I've, I've, I'm have i getting such a big, much more clear picture of what my work as, like, a, as a pastor and minister and, uh, you know, spiritual director and coach, like and a business person you know, that was just crazy like i like i want to do everything yeah. and um i think this i think coming to seminary was literally just one stop or like yeah. one section of many things i'm going to get done while i'm alive i hope at least i appreciate
2: you saying that um especially because i think that there can arise um a bit of elitism when it comes to uh, Education surrounding theology mm-hmm. and, and and scripture, um, right? But you know my my theology is that you know those things don't matter, and that you know if God wanted to, and he he she does, uses the rocks to you know bring honor and glory to right, you know, and so hey. th- this this mm-hmm. obsession with this formalized education in a nation where we are in this position of power. Um, I, I often mm-hmm. wonder, I'm like, you know, how so much about being or, or following Christ, as I understand it, is about walking in the, the experience and, and less about, you know, education mm. through experience and not, you know, education through elitism.
1: Come on. And that's also like what Jesus did. Like he was like Jesus was Jesus was uh, a stonemason or a carpenter, in, depending on like who which scholar you talk to. Which also, if he was a stonemason, that makes so much more sense like when he talks about mm. himself as a cornerstone. I know because not once did, do you remember mm. I don't know any carpentry <laughs> parables. It I took to
2: carpentry in high school and I'm like, oh, <laughs>
1: I'm just like the, the kingdom of God is like a two by four y'all can, can do a lot. Uh, um, but that's, the, that's like what Jesus, I think was all about doing was experience. Like he's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you how to do faith, but I'll show you how mm-hmm. to do it.
4: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: be clothed naked visit the, the person in jail, raise the dead,
4: mm-hmm. like
1: go do it. Like that's what this is about. And so, um, cause like, honestly, like I don't give a shit about what people believe, like, like, because what you believe mm-hmm. is what you do. Right.
4: Mm-hmm. And so,
1: because like, it's out of the overflow or of the mouth, mm-hmm. out, of, out, of the, out of the overflow of oh, the, the heart, heart, the mouth speaks. And I think out of the overflow of the spirit, the body does. So, like, if you are filled up with good things, if you are, if your mind is in the right place, if you are trying to, you know, like, you know, your vote will tell <laughs> yes. you what you believe, your actions, what you buy. Will t- I mean, that's like, a, that's a, it's a clear indicator. Like, if, cause like, I always tell, I tell my family, I'm just like, it's like, you say that you love me, but then you voted for this person, like square that.
4: Mm-hmm. Like you,
1: you say that you love, like churches, they say like, oh, we love everybody. It's like, well, then why do you keep kicking yeah. all the, like the queer Where- kids out?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: you know why do you make us like go through these like shitty programs i'm just like you don't because like th- this is the receipt this shows me mm-hmm. that you want that you ha- that you're harmful towards me mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i'm just i just like i just want to i i just wanna, like can we just like be honest like that's something i would really love like i would really love for beth to just be like listen we fucking hate gay people. We like think they're sinful and they're going to hell. Um, but you can hang out with us as long as you don't like, you know, do gay stuff. That's what they should say. And I think yeah, that's like yeah. a more truthful marketing. I, and like, you know what? No people question, might stick question, that
2: was a big thing for me because I grew up with that. Like the question was always how, how do I hate the sin? Not the sinner It's so difficult. Like this false mm. option Of separating, you know, the the two, um, especially when it is about your body and your identity and and who you simply are. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. if if people, I we 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 had Austin Channing Brown, right? The love of my life, honey, (laughs) that she
4: blessed
2: me.
1: What yeah. a woman! Oh my yeah. gosh,
0: she's amazing.
1: Um, but she,
2: I mean, uh, among all the gifts that she just imparted to us was this notion of mm-hmm. um, being honest about it. You know, it's like we're she, and, and you know, her big thing yeah. is focusing on on race, and she's like, you know, you'll get more respect if mm-hmm. you flat out come out and say that you're racist. <laughs> from a black person or a person of yes. color. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh my god.
4: Then <laughs> like is-
2: if you are like, oh, no, I'm not racist and and then do all these other things that we then will point out to you how you are racist. So it's kind of like same principle of like, mm-hmm. all right, Bethel and all these organizations just just say it. Just say it. <laughs> it,
1: it, it and we can move from there. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like I mean, like the old adage like you know clarity is reasonable is what we say at church clarity is like i don't care what your policy I don't care what your policy is, I just want to know what it is, because mm-hmm. then that gives yeah. every individual autonomy to engage with a topic mm-hmm. to engage with the congregation in a way that's consistent with their values and that's all that's what that's the definition mm-hmm. of integrity is living <laughs> in line with your values, so if uh telling the truth is value, truthfulness why mm-hmm. Why are we not saying it? You know, but what do I know? I'm just somebody who's affected by policies that uh, disproportionately affect great folks.
0: (laughs) And as a uh, person who was raised in the conservative evangelical Southern Baptist church, um, who never challenged Mm. um, what was being told to me and who lived in my situation because of fear um i would encourage people to say to tell you to start thinking for yourself um because the only reason i believed to love um love the person and hate the sin was because i was afraid because that was the rule and that rule was mm-hmm. bullshit and there's no hey, um, basis for it but that's ugh. what i was taught and I had a friend the other night, we're sitting there having a beer and she said, so what changed your mind? Where was the switch? Mm -hmm. Why, what happened in your mind? And I said, because I, I always knew that that wasn't true but I was afraid because that's what my family unit told me. That's what my community told me and they Mm -hmm. pounded it into my head and I was so scared. Mm -hmm. And as a person who struggles with anxiety to step out of what I'm being told in my community was terrifying. But I'm, if you believe like I did, I'm telling you, you're missing out trust yourself trust yourself for what you believe in your soul
1: mm-hmm. it's I- like your body knows like mm-hmm. your spirit and your heart know before your mind can can mm-hmm. wrap your head around it because the mind is binary and it's built for rules and regulations and doing it right because mm-hmm. that's how that's the system we were raised in. so of course you know if you're conditioned to always follow the rules because there's a vengeful God and this guy is going to strike you mm-hmm. down. If you don't behave, of course you're going to behave a certain way. Of course you're going to believe a certain thing, but what would happen if you believe that God was never going to leave you no matter what
4: mm-hmm. actually
1: believe that no matter how you changed your mind, no matter how your thoughts evolved. What if you believed that
4: mm-hmm. God actually loved you? Mm-hmm. Because
1: that's the thing that really like sat, sat with me.
4: Is mm-hmm. that even
1: like, what if I had the permission to be wrong
4: Amen. Mm. You know, I always
1: tell people, I'm just like, come on. I always tell people it's just like, even with like queer inclusive theology, I'm just like, I could totally be wrong because we're talking about the literal manifest presence of like, we're talking about God, the unknowable mm-hmm. or endlessly knowable, mm-hmm. like the mystery and universe. And mm-hmm. like, I like anytime we make a claim about God, we could totally be wrong. But if I am wrong, I think that God's love is big enough to like mm-hmm. cover that. Mm-hmm. And so like, if I, if I can admit that I might be wrong, I think everyone else should just like give me the same courtesy. Like y'all could be wrong. I'm just like, and what mm-hmm. if you were? And the thing is like, I don't think I'm wrong. And I think that evidence and data speaks for itself about mm-hmm. like what looks like life and what looks like death. So I think I honestly like the data just speaks for itself. And I'm like, I think good data makes good for good theology hmm Well, <laughs> that. Good, one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good data makes for good. Theology.
0: Yes. Cause is our security in the fact that we're right and we can live in a dualistic perspective, having mm-hmm. comfort, or is what or what you just said, is it are we believing in a God who is all loving? and it's and i feel like our uh, let me rephrase that i feel like mine used to be for 30 years mm-hmm. about being right that was the the comfort was right
1: yeah and of course we want that like who wouldn't want to oh, be yeah. comforted oh, yeah. like I, mean, I like i get why people like are so like diehard calvinists i get why they're diehard mm-hmm. calvinists like it's like it just makes total sense mm-hmm. until it doesn't yeah. And that's the thing is that that you have to surrender. I think for funda- in fundamentalism, you essentially surrender curiosity, um, and mm,
4: oh, any sense good. of and
1: dis- any sense of discovery, um, because mm. like we're, you know we're taught like desires bad, your body's bad, anything that's nice and good is probably a, is probably a little sinful. You know, it's like you know why do they think they call it devil's food cake? Devil devil's food <laughs> cake, the little, little super duper chocolatey. <laughs> I'm like the no, devil didn't make that. My mama did. I call it mama.
4: She just No, put I got a nothing to do in with this it. dish, I'm right? Like, like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's the thing. It's just like we like we demonize pleasure. We demonize good okay. things. Like it's like, man. Like just. Eat what you want. It feels and like you know, love your body for how it is,
4: mm.
1: and like, can tell you what, just like, uh, it just breaks my heart because, like, if we didn't demonize mm. pleasure so much, we would binge on pleasure so much.
0: Mm. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Writing that down too. Uh, mm.
4: <laughs> oh, that's the thing. Is like
1: moderation. It's like it's a. I mean, like I remember, like my, and that's like the same thing with, like, I, th- I think about myself, like uh pre coming out, post coming out in my first year, I went like through like a I don't want to say a wild phase, but like uh I just like I was at everything. I was at I was super like every I don't know, everything was about being gay. I'm like everything well, about I was like anonymous slut phase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I> ever... <laughs>
2: um my wild
1: my wild phase was mostly I was drinking a whole lot to be honest. It was like i wish i was having more sex that would be great honestly like um but uh still working the formula on that apparently you got to find people to like like you or something well not always i will tell you this uh i think casual sex can be lovely it's it's like um no it's like those memes on twitter it's just like sex is nice but have you ever like cried in front of somebody (laughs) and just had them hold you it it,
2: it is a difference it is a difference that's what i want yeah, coming from somebody it's that was a little really bit affectionate uh, like with, I'm, my, I'm, with my with uh, my so-called slut face. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely yeah more of that value I think- in 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 that human touch, that that human connection, and I don't think mm-hmm. that we, especially as queer people, all the time allow ourselves to to go mm-hmm. there and to
1: just feel that love and, and that touch yeah yeah we still are convinced our bodies are bad and it's so it's so much around like um i've no i i guess that's just like a lot of my work has been around um learning how to like not just it's very it's it's like the whole surreal thing that you are your body but you're not your body Mm -hmm. um and you're not your mind but you are your mind it's like this weird Thing I I guess that's what they call um, paradox or whatever, but it's like I, I've gen I feel like I've genuinely Mm. like turned a corner in the past year or so around how I viewed my body (laughs) as less of a my body is a a, not a flesh prison but rather it is a delightful blessing Mm. and it's good and like this body is a my gift. Of how I experience mm. consciousness in this world, mm. and like I'm, and then I think about like I'm able-bodied, like I can walk around, mm-hmm. I can go on a run yeah. if I want to. That's a real joke. Kevin wanted to go for a run. Like um, my, my mental faculties are here for the most part. I mean, like I, I have depression and anxiety and shit like that, and. I just want to. Uh, I just want to
2: call that out because you, know, gotta, you were a little self-deprecating in that moment. Just because you have that anxiety and,
1: and, and depression, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's a that's a thing. It's like I, 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 it's 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 less. A, I don't think mm-hmm. it's self-deprecating. It's acknowledging what's there, and also acknowledging mm-hmm. that like yeah. most <laughs> of my brain still works really well like and i and there's so many people i have a friend who has cerebral palsy and like he's found like he is in a wheelchair and has to have a lot of assistance yeah. and he's the most resilient yeah. motherfucking person i've ever met in my life uh... and i'm and he t- he said this in one of his keynotes he's like uh he said <gasps> i am a black gay man living in the south with cerebral palsy if i can live my life oh on my purpose, gosh. so can you i was like
0: <laughs> yep don't t- yep
1: I'm just like I gotta, I gotta go call uh, my mom, my life coach, and and a, and a nutritionist.
2: <laughs> but you know, and my it, it, I feel like, it, but that's where God is in, in those moments like that when you are staring at somebody, and 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 for us, I feel for me, I know that my first instinct sometimes, um, especially being a nurse, um, is pity. And then it's mm. like, wait, they don't need my pity. Yeah. What I need to do is be sitting at their feet and learning from them because they have discovered how to truly mm. live. <laughs> mm. you know, in their suffering, mm. they have found mm. um, mm-hmm. liberation. They have found enlightenment. And that is something to be yes. honored and to, mm. to, to learn mm. from. Um, it, it's such resilience.
1: a mm. There's a really great book called The Disabled God. Everyone should go pick that up. uh, Disability Theology is
3: Mm, Who's the author of that book?
1: Great question. Let me Google it. Hold, please.
0: And it will be in the show notes.
1: Um, uh, The Disabled Disabled God by Nancy Island. Um, the disabled god subtitle toward a liberatory theology of disability.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Brilliant, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, some of this has kind of got me thinking. Um, I riffed on this a little bit in a in a recent sermon I preached, and uh, and Kevin, I think everything you're saying, I think, kind of fits with this idea, and that's that so much of our We'll just look, let's just look at like open and affirming theology. So, so many of our open and affirming spaces are open and affirming churches, which I'm stoked about. That's good. I think that's all great. But it sort of kind of takes for granted this, uh, it it kind of takes for granted the existing system. And so, we're not really changing anything. We're just including more people than before. We're not, yeah, we're not um, critiquing or, or, or just kind of getting to the root of. Some of the problematic assumptions, or practices, or theological beliefs, social beliefs, what have you, that led to it. So you're basically getting um, you're basically getting the exact same system. It's just a little more generous or a little more inclusive, or you know, and mm-hmm. that's great. I think it's a good step, but it's it's kind of it assumes that the system is fundamentally good, just broken.
4: Mm. and just
3: needs some tweaking Mm -hmm. and it's not it doesn't have kind of that revolutionary impetus to kind of tear it all down and let's build something more holistic more um genuinely diverse and inclusive kind of from the ground up and Mm -hmm. i feel like your work speaks to that a lot and so let's riff on this idea for a little bit sure
1: well i think you're absolutely right there is a tendency among progressive christianities to like uh, slap a rainbow on it, Come put a woman now. in the pulpit and call it a day.
4: <laughs> and <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> You know? But right. It's like, it's like but we have gay people! Like, I'm, going to, I'm going to use Wild Goose Festival as an example. I love Wild Goose Festival. I am attending mm-hmm. Wild Goose Festival this year. I'm a big supporter of that community. And it's not, uh, they've, they've got some problems that I, I take a lot of issue with. Um, uh, it was started uh, a long time ago by uh, some lovely, lovely people. It's still, it's fairly LGBT inclusive. And um, uh, they've got uh, folks like Shea Cla- Shane Claiborne on the speaking docket. And Shane Claiborne has been... Uh, uh, in Jesus for president he noted that while he supported civil unions of LGBTQ people he did not believe in same sex marriage hasn't recanted on that hasn't like made like a public note Mm. of JK I don't think that way anymore even though he's got plenty of gay friends or would claim to have plenty of gay friends Um, and you know I'm here to I'm totally down to respect that My problem is how much he just glances over it. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like the thing like, you know, clarity is reasonable. And I would like to know if you are someone who's like influencing public policy. Like I don't like, you either are down for full revolution. You're either down for full inclusion, full Mm. affirmation, full justice, or you're not. That's really Mm. what it comes down to for me. So like Wild Goose Festival as a system you know, I think has a lot of good and revolutionary things that it's doing, but still it's fundamentally flawed in many ways because of the roots and, like, when the roots are you know, white people trying to do a good thing um, which is great and they are still trying to do a good thing and they're still open to growing, but, like, the constituency is, and the leadership is still mostly white people, mostly cis people mostly straight people
4: Mm.
1: which is, um, again not a bad thing but it is not, like you said, like the revolutionary thing. So when I think about like the future of the church and like that's, I mean, like we can also look at UMC for the UMC, for example, UMC is a old institution, a really, really mm-hmm. old institution. So the question is, are the roots, are the roots bad? Because if the roots, are, if the roots of it are like so deep down in there, if the mm-hmm. whole system itself is corrupted by the fact Mm-hmm. that we want to set up power like this, like a triangle where the, like all the power resides up here with just a few people yep. and the constituency of an organization or a denomination is not being heard, then it's time to discuss a different way of doing things, um, in my opinion, which is why I think that kind of, and this is something I hope I can write about like theologically one day. I keep talking with my friends about this idea around the movement in the church that we've been seeing, like this progressive movement, this include this radical, radically inclusive movement. Um, and I keep calling it just the new church for some reason. Like that's just what it feels like. Cause it feels like a new kind of church. It really does feel like an okay. entirely dip de- departure away from like sectarianism and like wanting to, it, it celebrates denominations without having to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, silo each other off. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and what I'm noticing in these churches is that their leadership looks a certain way, uh, their programming start like is led a certain way. They uh, give money and help create mm-hmm. programs that are built towards the things they actually believe. We love so, like New Abbey Church in um, Pasadena, California, wow. is a great example. New Abbey is great. Um, yep. uh, they've got a you know Britt Barron, a black queer woman as a pastor. Yeah. Dan McKenna, bisexual male, Uh, Chris, who's bisexual (laughs) and married to a woman, which is like, oh my God, you're so rebellious. (laughs) Um, um, But like they created, like they said, okay, we want to build the ship this way. So Mm -hmm. we have to have the right people at the helm. And so Mm -hmm. if you have, I think at the beginning of any sort of new project, the people who you want to serve should be the people who are leading it. Um, mm. and so I think it's, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's incredibly important. This is
3: how I said it on, in that sermon I was talking about, and this is not my words. Uh, I'm quoting someone else. Uh, her name's Lynn Tonstad. She's a, a, a divinity professor at Yale divinity. Uh, she says it this way. Um, Willed extension to others of a privilege already enjoyed oneself leaves ethics in the hands of the powerful. Oh, that's so good. And she continues, uh, when validation of the family in religious context combines with a focus on committed and monogamous same sex relationships and refusal of radically alternative social imaginaries, Christian approaches to same sex relations are nothing more than an expansion of what already exists to include gays and lesbians who in turn, uh, who turn out to be no different from everyone else. Um, and her point is basically like there's no revolution here. It, this is just a gesture of reformation that is just a little more inclusive than before. But it, there's no self-awareness, no mm-hmm. – there's no revolution, no reimagining of of what could be. It's It's literally just a slightly more expansive mm-hmm. version of what is. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I think a lot
3: about like mm. this
1: idea of prophetic imagination of like mm. falling in love with the future is how um one of my coaches put it and the way it says like yes we need to take into account everything that mm. is everything that has been and then turn our attention to what could be because yes mm. we have to address cuz like in order to look towards the future you have to address the present mm. and the present needs of everything um And I think that it's it's very much that same way as like uh, like you just said like there's nothing revolutionary about including queer people, like the fact that it's that we still debate that is kind of insulting, you know. It's like it's like convincing Mm. people that queer people are okay. That's such a boring conversation. I'm just like of course. Like my question is: I'm just like, what does the queer narrative teach us about the nature of God? Now that's interesting. You know what? What does? what does like living uh what does living uh in community with people of different faiths teach us about god what does um it's and it's the same thing with like with like with like women you know like what Mm -hmm. about like a woman's narrative teaches us like not like that women should be included and empowered but like women Mm -hmm. are already included Mm -hmm. in power and empowered by god so what is what does that show us same thing with like Mm -hmm. disabled folks Mm -hmm. what does the disabled body teach us about the body same thing with native people. Just like, what does a, a true relationship with the yeah. earth teach us about our relationship with God? Yeah.
2: Was, um, you had, you know, in, in talking about this, um, I was doing a little internet stalking and I saw <laughs> you, you had a blog mm. post about, I think it was a reference to kind of that slippery slope. Um, Right? And so, I think for some people that they oh, yeah. approach this topic of inclusion of whether it be women or queer people or disabled people or black and brown people um, from... The, or people who have different cultural practice for them, with than them, or religious experiences from this lens of that slippery slope notion of if I open my mind to this this one thing, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to be able to stop it. And to me, that's the point. <laughs> you are opening yourself for God's spirit to to operate in your life and, and send you those messages about see, watch me, like you said, watch me show up in this person. Watch me show up in this person's Mm -hmm. suffering. Watch how Mm -hmm. um, I I can provide a community uh, for for people and how I can Mm -hmm. be there at at people's lowest moments because this is what it Mm -hmm. means to live as one together.
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And also, like, watch God show up in places and in people that God has no place being or being in. Yeah, yeah. Like, listen, gay Cornelius. I know he wasn't gay. Like, he didn't say he was gay. Uh-huh. But like, this is Cornelius from Acts twelve. I think he's the gentile. He's the gentile that Peter had to go hang out with, even though he's like, I don't hang out with gentiles because I'm a good Jew. And God's like, don't be a dick. Go have lunch. All right, with my kids. kids. This is. Oh my god! Absolutely. So, so it's like these uncircumcised, non-Jewish people who have never kept kosher, never kept the law, get the Holy Spirit because God is wild. Okay, like that's—I mean, like I am support, Like my friend Miles says, just like he's like, I am as surprised as anybody else that God is working through me, mm-hmm. a queer Christian. Like I never thought it was possible either. But like, I mean, what are you gonna do, like? Holy spirit is going to Holy spirit That goes you know?
2: back all the way to, you know, it, if we're looking at it through a, a Christian perspective, but the, the garden mm. of Eden and, and that principle of companionship of, of Adam, um, Adam and Eve, there they're being mm. this com- companion. Adam found God in Eve, the, this beautiful union, this beautiful companionship, this beautiful community. Mm-hmm. And so it is, you know, when, we're turning we are turning away god when we turn away people from the church or from from the congregation uh, and we don't recognize how god can operate within Mm -hmm. them and through them and and that's everybody because we are all from the same source Mm
0: -hmm. i think that has a lot to do with the fact that um for a lot of us who were brought up in the church we are we don't learn that we're worthy And so because when we don't learn that we're worthy and then we live in the Mm -hmm. element of fear and then the slippery slope is all around us because if we are worthy and we can see God in ourselves, I really think we can see God in others and we can see God show up and we don't, Um, we, and we're so scared. It goes back to that fear. It goes, you know, so that slippery slope, we can't.
1: Yeah. It's so wild to me. I'm like,
0: we're just
1: frozen. I think about my mother, for example. She's not a very, like, theologically deep person. She was never versed in that. Like, she's, you know, nominally Baptist for all intents and purposes. But growing up, it was mm-hmm. always, you better do the right thing mm-hmm. as God is watching you. And I feel like in some ways, like, when I look at my mother, is she sometimes still, mm-hmm. like, made those same choices. Like, mm-hmm. I think she stayed with my father way longer than she wanted to. Mm-hmm because it was the right thing to do, even though she probably should have left earlier. Um, I think that, like, she moved mm. home to take care of her family because, like, she knew it was the quote-unquote right thing to do, but maybe it wasn't exactly, like, what her calling was. There's always, like, this, there's this uh, assumption and there's is something that is, like, there's, we're supposed to do anything, right? And I think when we release ourselves from this expectation of, yeah. like...
0: Yeah.
1: um that our actions like dictate God's mood. Like we're in charge of keeping God happy. Like I, when someone told me that God is infinitely pleased with you, I'm like, Oh, that takes on a whole new perspective of like, if God is infinitely pleased with me and I don't have to, you know, keep God happy. If I don't have to constantly like be like Mm -hmm. policing myself, What can I do? I like, maybe you relate to this too, like coming out as a a queer human is like, once like you get past that, like it, it, like you're not as afraid to fuck up, you know? And it's like, all that brain space comes back to you. And I think that's like, for folks who come from fundamentalists was like, you have the permission to mess it up. In fact, like that's the whole point of this is you're going to mess it up. And that's what the whole thing about grace is about is, is like, you're going to mess it up and that's part of being human. And, we're community and we love mm-hmm. each other and you're part of the body, which is why yeah. we share together. It's just, it's, um, it's a great, like being a Christian, like I think that's the something that keeps me Christian is, is that is the idea of grace because capitalism is you are what you produce. You're only worthy. If you're able to make, if your labor is marketable and profitable in an economy of grace, God says you matter because I am the God of all matter, and I you say you matter. Start
4: talking
2: about some sacred economics. Yes. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: come
1: on, somebody.
2: I mean, I, and I think what you 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 just really drew a delineation between um, living in fear and trembling, and living courageously and boldly, and and the thing that is the key component of that is being willing to not get it right. (laughs) Like, I just wonder, when I sit there and I imagine a a Jesus, uh, the human, um, tossing over tables in the temple with a whip, looking (laughs) like a freaking mad person. And (laughs) he...
1: He also braided that cat of nine tails together himself. I'm just like he hung out with his, his cousins, his lady cousins for sure. That I, I don't like. I don't want to like put words and like you know or like ideas around it. It's like mm-hmm. I don't want to say Jesus was queer as in like Jesus was like it's like sexual orientation mm-hmm. or gender queer. I think queer is in the fact that he was living already outside of the the binaries and norms mm-hmm. of what it meant to be a man in, in that time, not married not under the yoke of a rabbi, um, Mm -hmm. including everyone. That's Mm -hmm, breaking binaries, breaking boundaries. That's queer. Amen. Amen. But yeah, that's exactly it. Like he, Mm -hmm. like the, Mm -hmm. yeah, everything you said, Mm -hmm. braiding that cat on nine tails, baby. (laughs) May I be so bold.
2: For me, when I decided to go back to church, the It was less of a question of do I need to find an affirming church for me and more of a wherever it is that I go, I'm going to live my life authentically. I'm not going to live my life in this Mm -hmm. way anymore that says that this person or this group is excluded and and at times it has led to... um, being pushed to the side because it's like, oh, we're not ready for that by by people in power, white people.
1: <laughs> I have got the story for mm-hmm, yes. that right there. Come on. Do <laughs> you want the story? I'll tell you the story. People ooh, let me tell. You, okay. This is the story of my first heartbreak in church. Um, I was going to this church called Grace Midtown and you can totally their name in because I put this on the internet and I don't care. Um I wrote a whole blog about it, I put it up on church clarity and reposted it twice. That's how much I'm for this story. Because that's are tyrants. Yes. Um so I was going to the church Grace Midtown. I um was going through their new member I was like, okay, I know this church doesn't have like a public policy. I was listening. Uh, I was going to this church, and it was like a very like hipster church, like, close to Midtown Atlanta. So it was like, you know, um, think about like a more hipster Bethel, you know, but smaller.
3: It's the church, and, just for you guys. Uh, it's the church that wrote that good, good father song.
1: Yeah, you know the house tigers.
4: Yeah, good good father, do you?
1: Listen. When I'm at karaoke, I will literally just say "sing Jesus" at the end of any song. So we were, what were we doing the other day? We were singing. uh, I was singing Miguel's "Sure Thing." Sure love is a sure thing, Jesus. You know, I have to stop. Anyways, I went to this church for a while. Uh, I went through the process. They had like a new member orientation, a weird adult mixer thing that we had to go to for like six weeks in a row. Find your people, find your community. And if you want to be a house church leader, you know what the qualification was. It was raise your hand. And I was like, boop. I have been in ministry for five ever. I know how to run a small group. I'm very good at it. Let's facilitate some community. I'm ready to invest in this church. Cause I'm what a committed Christian. Um, and I went and I talked to the pastor and I said, uh, hi, um i'm I'm super queer and that's not changing can i still lead and he said you're never gonna hit any glass ceilings here and that to me sounds like a clear indication that it's like a good idea and i have permission to become a small group leader start a small group bunch of people come it's wildly successful um two weeks later i am pulled into a meeting with my co-leaders and the pastor who told me i never hit a glass ceiling and said hey um we can't let you lead right now because that would be the church leadership making a statement that we're not prepared to make yet and i'm sitting over here i'm like i knew this would happen and i'm like this is like and i was sitting there. i was like this like the worst thing that could have happened just happened and it was so mm-hmm. painful to me and i was like so you're gonna sit here and tell me that you love me. You're gonna sit here and tell like, us like, it's just a matter of you're not ready? Ready for what? Like, what does that mean to be ready? Like I'm standing right here. Like we're out of, you're out of time, I showed up. Yeah. And so it's just like, yeah. churches have to figure out what the fuck they believe about this shit and how they're going to uh, create policies to best serve everyone. And that means yeah. telling the yeah. truth. So the best way to serve a queer person in any spaces, tell the truth about what they can and cannot do, how they can or cannot Mm -hmm. participate. But I'll tell you what, though, I've done more ministry since Mm -hmm. I've come out like on my Mm -hmm. own, trying to build my own stuff, like doing my own thing, going like, like creating our own, like creating our own spaces. And that goes back to what you were saying is like, I don't want to be a part of that church anymore. I don't care about being a part of that church. Like, that church is missing out on, like, the amazing, like, I'm, a, I'm amazing. I'm a, I'm a yeah. masterpiece, and I'm good at ministry, and I love the community, and I love community, and I'm mm-hmm. good at listening, and I'm a great worship leader. Yes. It's like I have gifts out the wazoo, and you could have exploited them <laughs> because I was there for you. Yeah. You did not even have to pay me. I would have stayed <laughs> in my normal 9-to-5 job and been happy being your small group leader. But guess what? God had a bigger Amen. thing for me to do. And so I am glad that y'all said that you were ready because guess yeah, what? You ain't ever, if you ain't, listen, if you stay ready, hey, you ain't hey, going to hey, get ready. Come on, somebody.
4: I grew up on this. <laughs> That's you
1: better stay ready you exactly. stay ready for the Holy Spirit. You're going to stay ready for the Holy yeah, Spirit because you never right, know right. who they're going to show up on. Is it going to be over on Gay Cornelius over there? Sorry, Peter, you don't get a choice in that. That's God's choice. Is it going to be the Ethiopian eunuch on the way, on the road to Damascus saying, am I included in this passage here that says, I am not just a dry tree? Absolutely you are, because you know why? We don't get to pick. The Holy Spirit has always chosen us in Christ before time Amen. began. Can I get a witness?
2: <laughs> oh, yes. It, it reminds me of uh, when... Oh. Oh. Growing no. up and and learning about uh, the the uh, Peter and the clean and the unclean thing, and we had this saying: "Stop putting a question mark where God has inserted a period,
1: or don't put a period where the Lord eh? has put an ellipsis." You know. There you go
4: for your
2: grammar
1: nerds. On. You're welcome. It you're
4: goes, welcome. <laughs> oh my god! You and I need to be stopped.
2: Can't be stopped. <laughs> oh, you're crying.
4: Oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm over an
0: crying, literally crying, because that is so powerful. That was, like, that was just, like, so powerful. Like me. Like,
1: good tears. <laughs> I'm just. Well, I'm, a, I'm a solid eight, so like, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, li- I like it too because y'all. <laughs> no, like you teach me how to, because like I'm always like, Damn, I feel hot. very deeply, you know? Like I just, it's like I want to. <laughs> but y'all teach me, it's like, oh, people have feelings. Wow. It's like.
4: <laughs> wow
1: that is so true like, I'll, the, like i i try not to like roast people anymore on the internet or like drag them because like um i will on occasion like publish like a stupid youtube comment because they're hilarious <laughs> to me but like this like, for example today this homie rolled into my DMs to let me know that we shouldn't be mad about straight pride. Like everyone deserves to have a group. And he also said it's just like you know, the like with Black Lives Matter and all lives matter. And I said, <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, well, um,
1: I just didn't respond to him. I just, I just unfriended him and didn't respond because I said I don't have time for this shit. I can't do it. Oh my God. Uh, it, was, it was almost as weird oh. as the time that I went on a date with a guy who said, I don't know why we don't have oh. white history month. And he was serious. Welcome to the house. <laughs> yeah. So, right. Like, uh, Jessica's like, Jessica, because you? Oh, it's called you know, uh, American man. History. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I said. It's called World History. Oh, that that book that you studied in high school? That's your white history book. What you learned, white history.
4: Um,
2: you kind of touched on it, but it you know, you're you're basically, you know, you're pioneering some really beautiful work. Um I know that you're going to California in a couple weeks and you'll meet up with my buddy Matt um, Nightingale there. He's doing some amazing work in the queer community. <laughs> Um, especially with like mixed orientation mm. marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I, I wanted to ask you about, um, and, and you kind of alluded to it in, in, in saying that you're trying to take it like a step back and cool down the fire a little bit. But <laughs> Not um, on your website, there there's some pretty hurtful comments on there um, in terms of... In theology to me it, um, and I, I don't know how, how it's like all set up or whatever but like people just try to Im- impose mm-hmm. um th- this theology uh, mm-hmm. of for me i'm, I'm metaphysical and woo woo so to me i call it a theology of scarcity so mm-hmm. <laughs> um but how So, I mean, you just essentially answered it. You don't know it's (laughs) there. News to you.
1: I I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, I, when I started blogging and like, um, when I asked, I asked a friend of mine who had come out before me, I said, Hey, biggest piece of advice about all this stuff. He said, Mm -hmm. don't read the comments to stop. And I think if I, I'm glad I'm not more like well-known than I am, but Mm -hmm. like, it's one of those things where like I predict and I'm, this is one of those things where it's going to sound a little cocky, but I don't mean to sound cocky. I just mean to sound like I know what I want to do. Um, I am working on my book and hopefully God will. And it will get, I really wanted to get published early 2020. I don't think it will. I probably won't get hit. Probably won't hit till <sighs> if everything goes well, maybe mid 2020, but like with the election season coming up, it'll be hard to get, any sort of like notable traction until after the election so it might be a little bit more delayed than mm. I want it to be but I I would really like to I want to get cancelled by Desiring mm. God you know I want to get like takedown pieces written about me about by the Southern Baptist Convention I want you know Franklin Graham mm. to take issue with me
2: continuing Rachel Held Evans legacy right there yes <laughs>
1: god rest her soul Mm. man i was at her funeral um uh, last weekend and let me tell you what i've never been a part of something that's more fucking sad in my whole life but it was very beautiful and i was my friend mike and i were reflecting as like there's that story in the old testament of like elijah Mm. getting like swooped up into heaven elisha is right there watching it and from that, like, that's how God imparted a double portion yeah. of blessing to Elisha. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like a lot of us at that ceremony, that that moment, we're like, there's so many writers in the room, so many pastors mm-hmm. and theologians and thinkers and doers. And, like, you know, it was, like, one of those things where it was, like, who's mm-hmm. going to fill Rachel shoes? I'm just like, well, we all are. Like, we're all going to carry on her, her legacy. Like, mm-hmm. we just inherited yeah. her mantle. So it's, mm-hmm. So it was a... And that's the thing. It's just like, I want, Yeah, I yeah. want people to survive. Like I want queer people yeah. to stop dying. Like, that's really what I got like, the internet. That's what I fucking care about is like, you can like, we can debate all day long theology. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, You know, like, sure. If you want me to like, do, we, do you need me to believe mm-hmm. that like, Jesus was literally born of a virgin? Sure. Then I believe it for you. If that's what you need, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need me to believe that Jesus literally died, literally rose from the dead, was literally like God incarnate, or like however that mm-hmm. works, then fine, great. I don't take issue with that really. And at the same time, mm-hmm. my primary concern is that people stop dying. Mm-hmm. Like I will always go back to that.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And until like, <laughs> until kids stop killing themselves, yeah. Until you know, trans people can come out, like stop getting murdered when they want to come out, like. Yeah, until trans women of color can like, walk down the street and not get shot. There was actually someone in my own city of Decatur uh, who was shot uh, oh, in train. front of the train station last Tuesday. Yeah. Wasn't for it being trained, gay.
2: I think, right? Or I, I forgot. It. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I just yeah. think it's important to say their names, uh, people's it's, names it's just, who are victims of such violent uh, crimes and yeah. in, 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 in it it just breaks my heart and I just think it's all just, just like black and brown people being murdered in the street by state-sanctioned violence um, even when we lose our queer brothers and sisters it's so important just to say their name and honor the path that they yeah. walked um, and it gives us a direction so that we know we have work to do
1: yeah I am very thankful that I'm alive yeah. in this era my not 50 years ago. Like, there's so much good. Like, I get, I can get married. That's pretty fucking dope. And like, I'm less likely yeah. to get beat up in public yeah. if I wear lipstick. You know. Um, just sort of, really, it just depends yeah. on what part of town you in. Because like, the other day I had like this bright purple lip on, and I was downtown Atlanta. And downtown Atlanta is a little rougher than it used to be. It's a little like under, like now that the money's all like gone out of the city, like mm-hmm. they're trying to gentrify okay. it again uh, but uh i was looking real femme one day and so i walked down the street like this like clutching my lips inside <laughs> so no one could see my lipstick yeah, because yeah, i'm like i yeah. do not i mean, get
2: it, I mean and the, it, it goes um, also to a testament of that we have in in, in communities of color <laughs> we have work to do <laughs> you know we have on. work to do in term especially religious communities of color um, that have been extremely hurtful to mm-hmm. to uh, queer people, um, and and are still hurtful in that theology, and in in not being affirming, in um, kicking people out on the street it still happens today. <laughs> like it, we have Time Out Youth here in Charlotte that has a program for uh, eighteen to twenty two year olds that get kicked out of their home because. They are 16, I think, to 22 because they uh, they mm-hmm. come out as queer or uh, as trans or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it's um, the black community specifically has some work to do. And and I'm definitely seeing I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. we need more voices <laughs> to speak up and we need more people to be in the churches speaking mm-hmm.
1: up. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And that's that is like so I've got like my shirt. Oh, I had it around here. I have a shirt in my um uh, my line uh that says bad theology kills. Um and like that is literally like the T across the board. Like mm. and like not just queer people, not just people of color, mm-hmm. it is killing all of us. Like um I think that if we can actually see And I think that's like, that's when liberation really happens is that like, once we can get people in positions of power to understand that, like, yes, I want my life to be better, Mm -hmm. but also my presence makes your life better. Like your presence as a black, Um, I don't know how your gender identifies. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. As a black man, black human in the world, um, like your presence makes the church better makes the world better, and like I, just, <laughs> racism is so fucking stupid. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> quote me on that one too. <laughs> racism is so fucking stupid. Like it just it like and it's like it is. Yes, it is mm-hmm. the it is the root of everything. It's like the white white supremacy is just destroying us all. That and I long for the day when we don't have to have these conversations and we can just like oh, Kiki and talk me. about how dope Beyonce is. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> listen, Mm-mm. she just, we, okay. we did not deserve it.
2: <laughs> we don't deserve <laughs> uh,
4: her. <laughs>
1: listen, listen, did you see those, those, she put out a, like a shirt that says, where's know? the formation world tour video. I'm like, she, she's like, she said, she's like, y'all ain't not gonna be one because y'all are just like so thirsty for it. But uh, I'm gonna troll your asses and make money with you. Just like,
4: I mean,
1: like, it. all she
2: has to do is that's breathe it. and like she just makes money just because she, she just is.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I'm I'm for that. Like, <laughs> what modern, modern alive. day legend. We <laughs> should <laughs> okay. We should definitely do this again because I've had more fun talking to y'all than I've had in a long time. So we should definitely do this again.
0: Love, um, yeah, that's, that's a no brainer. Like, yeah.
3: Most of the people we've had on are coming from some more conservative mm-hmm. or traditional Christian background where salvation, usually your typical, you know, pray the prayer, go to heaven. Version of salvation is no longer tenable, viable, meaningful, etc. But So, the question is kind of like, what does salvation mean to you now? Oh, I've got an answer for that one. Is that even a useful concept for you anymore? Mm -hmm. If not, fine. But if it is, if that's that's a meaningful term for you in a new, reimagined, redeemed way, what does that look like?
1: Mm -hmm. I like the idea of – so, Jewish writers, Old Testament thinking, prophets – When they talked about salvation comes from the Lord, they were talking about their whole nation being saved. They were talking about the collective liberation of their people from oppression in real time. That is what salvation meant to them. Now, um, somehow, again, capitalism seeps its way into everything and hierarchy and this idea of atonement, which had been, that had been the recipe for the entire world for so long is that, Forgiveness required sacrifice. Everything had a price, and what is so scandalous and so wonderful about the narrative of you know you know the Christ story, the Jesus story, is that Jesus understood that it was free. Like Jesus understood that everyone was included. Well, maybe here's another thing I don't I wonder about too is like because like Jesus got corrected by the woman who he called a dog. I'm like, did Jesus not think that everyone was included at the time? See, see that right there. He just, for the record, he just held up the book called Zealot. Um, Really great read. So sometimes I wonder about it. Anyways, the question is about salvation. I think about salvation in similar terms. Mm -hmm. Um, Richard Rohr in the divine, uh, sorry, the divine dance. And then also in the universal Christ talks about how we're included in divinity. Because of because of God's love for us, because of God's muchness, like because we are created beings, we have the divine DNA in us already. So, I am myself. um, I am not divine, but I'm included in divinity. Like I'm included in that in that kind of uh, power and love. And you know, if I'm a co-heir with Christ, that means I also have the same authority, ability, et cetera, et cetera to do good on the earth. So when I think about salvation, I think about my salvation is wrapped up in your salvation is wrapped up in the Mm -hmm. earth's salvation. Um, That to me, like means that like I, you know, heaven's not somewhere else. We're supposed to be creating it here. Right. You know, if heaven's going to come to earth, that's like, you know, that whole thing. Um, If heaven's here, then let's do it. Like, let's start doing it now because um, you know, we could be Mad mm-hmm. Max Fury Road in 15 years and like I'm just not ready for that you know no. I haven't I haven't met Oprah <laughs> I haven't read my book I haven't had sex on every continent which I want to <laughs> oh, in Jesus name hallelujah but um <laughs> hallelujah.
2: Um, if you meet Oprah before I meet Oprah, there's going to, like, I, I, I'm going to be happy for you, but that's going to be issue. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> so like, if you security,
4: you're to uh,
2: meet well, your boy. Here, here, hey,
1: if I ever get an invitation to meet Oprah, I'm just going to call you and you can be my boyfriend for the day. Um, Done. Yes. For the day. How long have y'all been together? Eight years.
4: Mm-hmm. Chris will approve. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and... And this is like, yeah, are y'all married? Uh, No, we pulled a you and Stedman. Like, we just like. like, uh, I'm ready to. uh, Anyways, uh, All that to say, salvation is. uh, I honestly think salvation is just the idea of being liberated from oppression in real time. Um, I think that's what God does for, um, for every person and can do for every person, uh, because of God's people. I think God's will is exercised again, like theodicy. I don't know how it all works, but just like, I believe that God's manifest presence is manifested through God's people. And thus it is our job to love justice, do mercy, walk humbly and, um, stop, um, uh, stop Donald Trump from like destroying everything. Mm. So uh but if the people's revolution comes along let me tell you what I'm ready I'm ready to fight. Oh, <laughs> People think I'm joking. Like I think I think it could be a secret agent I <laughs> I don't like guns, so I'll leave that one <laughs> to you.
4: <laughs> so
1: uh, now great, I'm gonna be laying down a lot of my morals in that time. But, listen <laughs> If Diedrich Bonhoeffer can go attempt an assassination on Adolf Hitler, least I can do is try to return the favor from in my time.
2: <laughs> oh gosh and we just garnered secret service attention. <laughs>
3: we were talking about this earlier yeah. I, I, at this point I figure they're listening anyway just try to keep your agent entertained. Yeah. That's right. That's right.
1: Yeah, I mean, they look at me and just like, oh, he's like staunchly like anti-violence, except for on Twitter. <laughs>
3: <I'm
1: just kidding>. <laughs> 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 all right. Anyway, I'm, um, <laughs> I've had a great time with you. Thank you for having you me, on. So Thank
2: you for existing and being and just, oh my gosh, you are a beautiful human. Hey, Evan, Real you. quick,
0: tell everybody how they can reach you on all the things.
1: Mm-hmm. You can find all of my work at com. That's T-H-E Um, And then there's links to my YouTube channel My merch line, A Queerly Beloved um, You can yeah. follow me on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Twitters, and I'm going to be in California I don't know when this is going up, but I'm going to be in California in two weeks for this event called Gloriously Queer Look it up on Facebook Look up my social media You'll find it And, um I think that's everything, right? Yeah. Oh, and I'll be at Wild well Use Festival, too. If you're going to be out there this summer, I'll be doing a live podcast with Science Mike.
4: Excellent.
0: We love Mike McCarg.
1: What Mike McCard, a man. We're in
0: our prayers right now, to Talk to your plants. Get healthy. Don't be stressed. Um, yeah. All right, y'all. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for hanging out. And everybody... Go check out Kevin's everything. Also, y'all, go check out um, Kevin's podcasts. Check out um, it's. You do have an ebook with your essay.
1: Yeah, so I've got a I got an ebook on my website. It's called Forever and Yesterday, and it's a collection of essays and thoughts on theology and body and sex and just like the hot <laughs> mess life in general um <laughs> awesome. it's a. Uh, it's got some personal essays in there that i read about my dad and like family it's a it's a fun little collection um not too long of a read and it's free and all you gotta do is subscribe to my newsletter because i guess technically it's not free i'm charging you an email address but that's how we exchange value you got it
0: oh thank you and thank you tommy for joining oh, us it
1: was
2: an absolute honor to just be in this space with You all,
0: so thank you. Thank you for joining us on Permission to Be. I'm your host, Becca Eppley, and thank you to my good friend and co-host David Roberts. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, and you'll never miss an episode. We are available on all the major podcasting platforms. And while you're there, if you would leave us a rating and or review. We are always looking for more and more ways to hear from our listeners. You can find the links for today's guests and the show notes located at BeccaEpley.com. We do hope that you will join us for our next episode.